Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am your host, Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for the women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. And welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and my special guest today is Kathy Millette from netbranding.co.nz. And she has the brilliant tagline of Be Seen, Be Heard, Be Found Online. And so, welcome along, Kathy. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks for inviting me on today. Now, you have a brilliant tagline, which is now so relevant in this world as, as we are now. Can you just um, talk a little bit more about what you do, how you came about that tagline and how relevant it is to all of us sitting in cyberspace at the moment? Mandy, I think I came up with that tagline possibly seven or eight years ago and really it encompassed what we were doing within my business, which is be seen, be heard, be found online. And I think that it's become so embedded in people's minds because of the fact that I repeatedly use it. You know, if I if I talk to myself and I introduce myself in a video, it's hi, my name's Kathy Millet from Net Branding BC, be heard, be found online. And I tend to have a rhythm in it to the extent that my kids tease me. But um, it does encompass what we do and it does encompass what every single business wants to do, which is to be seen in that online space, to be found by those people that are looking for them and to be heard for the messages that they want to go. So it does encompass all the things that we do. I think that's brilliant, actually. Um, and I think post-2020, it's now even more relevant, isn't it? So. We have a different experience sometimes in New Zealand here, but the rest of the world, online space is so important um, to them. And Mandy, I don't think it's become more important. I think it's become more focused on as we've gone into this element of um, not being able to communicate and connect in person. And the thing that I've identified is those people that I've worked with for a period of time are the ones that were even killed through this period, those that have possibly not focused on the online and have suddenly woken up to the fact that they need that. They were a lot more stressed through this period. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be stressed because of what's going on in a business and how all of this impacts on your business, but they felt that at least they had an online presence that they can rely on. Coming back to that tagline, which is probably the one tip that I'd say to anyone, is if you do come up with something for your business, you know, business name and then positioning your business with some form of strap line, trademark it. Um, and I have, I've trademarked mine in all sorts of categories because I've needed to use it because you'd be surprised how many people in my field have thought that that's a pretty catchy tagline and they've used it in various shapes or forms. 
Wow, I can imagine that. So you've got to protect your own IP, don't you, in that space? Yeah, because you want, yeah, it's it's a brilliant tagline and now I'm even thinking in my head, what would be a brilliant tagline for what I do? So, you know, I might come to you for some help with that. <laughs> so what inspired you to get started in your business? And, um, you know, like how did you get started? Tell us about the early days because you've been going at this for a while and so – and technology is being changing out of sight so so tell us about the early days oh my word um really man if you think about the early days the early days was before we had computers so that's how long <laughs> I've been around you know we we had um those old-fashioned dot matrix printers and they were big mainframe environments and actually that's the first place where I started to look at this distributed environment. I was with an organization and they sent us off to the USA and I happened to attend a course at um, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and in being at that Massachusetts Institute of Technology, we spoke to this thing called distributed systems. Um, and that was the start of all of this. But how did I get into the world of digital? I've come, even with all that technology, I came out of an environment of marketing. In fact, one of my majors in my degree was marketing. And um, But I also met came out with an IT degree and an accounting degree, so all majors to my degree. So ultimately, in, what was it, 30 odd years ago, I was probably positioned for what I do today when net branding was formed. Net branding was formed out of a personal need. And it was a personal need as we headed into the GFC in 2008, right. where the world stopped. There was nothing flowing through anything. Facebook wasn't even a common term or it was starting to come out. And in fact, when I started to work in Facebook, members in my family would say, why don't you go and get a proper job? <laughs> because it was like, this won't last for a long time. So um, I started in Facebook because there was a way that I wanted to actually try and promote my own husband's business. And I was going, well, we've got this website and the website's not going anywhere and I can't get my hands onto the website because somebody else was hosting it. And so I started this thing called blogging and then with blogging and then Facebook. And I thought, well, Facebook's a place I can reach an audience. And even today you'll see in Facebook, he's actually still got a professional profile that I created back in those days because business pages didn't exist. So, um, it was by os osmosis, and all I did was I backed it on my experience. I backed it on my project management background. I backed it on my consulting and strategy and IT background. And as each new technology came on, I bolted it into the be seen and be heard and be found online. But because I have a very structured background, which is that whole methodology and some project management, whatever I do for clients, I always look to a process for them. So it's something that becomes the baseline of how we do things for them. Oh, that sounds great. So what's one thing you wish you'd known back then, you know, right back at the beginning when you were getting started? Um. I think that you don't quite realize the amount of effort it takes. I don't think you realize, particularly in the area that I am in, um, in the initial stages, there was very few people doing what I was doing. 
And then there was this glut of people onto the market. And so um, that elevation of yourself above, above others that are the come and goers, it was really important, but it's taken hard work. It takes hard work to build a reputation and it takes hard work and grit to stay the course. Wow, I bet it does. So, yeah, but maybe it's a good thing that you didn't know that actually. <laughs> yeah, often. But it sounds like you are a bit of a trend forecaster in your spare time as well. I mean, if you could see the beginning of that happen, um, you were probably in quite a rarefied air back then. I think I was, but I don't quite know if I was a trend forecaster. I think what I saw was an opportunity to get a brand out in an environment at that stage that didn't have a lot of competition in it. Yeah. And and so, you know, even today when it comes to my clients, I also look for opportunities for them where they can get their brand out. And no more than today where, um, you know, possibly over the last few weeks, if not months, it hasn't been months, we've seen the uprise and the fall of so many new social platforms. And every single one of them, I head into it and I attempt to make an assessment to see if that's somewhere where there will be more reach. Um, and, yeah, so possibly, but it's more me being on the lookout for where there's the greatest exposure. Brilliant. That's really good. And that actually helps a lot for your clients. Mm. So, Cathy, you juggle so much in your life. How do you do it? I breathe. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Regularly or intermittently? <laughs> when I remember. Yeah. Um, I I think you do it when it comes from a place of actually enjoying what you do. So for every single client, I love having that ability to alter what they do online. You know, and, and when I have a client sitting in front of me and there are tears running down his eyes going, thank you for what you've done for me for the last three months. And then he arrives at your doorstep over Christmas with bottles of wine for you. Um, that fills your tank because you know that the work that you're doing is having a meaningful result. And that gives me my energy. I sometimes feel like I'm a present but absent mum. But then I try and make up for that over the weekends where I do put away my IT, I do put away my phone so that I can become that present mum and make up for it with quality time. Um, my charity comes from heart and soul. So that does um, dovetail in between the work that I'm doing. And, yeah, I will say that there have been a few times, particularly over the last week, where I've got a lot of work to do and I'm in the middle of a charity drive and I've got a book that's coming out and then I get to that point of being overwhelmed and it's about pulling on those people around you just to go excuse me I'm I'm just reaching out because I need a little bit of help and I'm very grateful for the people that I have around me. It's brilliant so so just to sort of nutshell that a little bit is to reach out for other people to actually make sure you breathe regularly through all of that. And we're going to get to your charity in a little while, but you mm -hmm. also, um, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your book or maybe we come back on and, and talk about your book at another time? 
I think we'll talk about the book at another time. It's a where secret, it was, guys. <laughs> I know. And it, was, it was only yesterday that I caught up with someone and I'm going to be um, on her international conference as a speaker and that book will come out at that point in time. But it does have to do with the social initiatives that I'm taking in relation in relation to our young people. Brilliant. Well, can we, we, we'll come back to that because I know you've got some great initiatives coming out around that. But just a little bit more about you. What's a guiding principle or a theme that you like to have for your life? Um, Mandy, I think that we've spoken about this before and it's um, no is not an acceptable answer because there's got to be a way around it. Um, even in my team, if my team come back to me with a no, I will push them and push them and push them until we find some form of solution. I think there is, you know, it's great. We've got all the yachting happening in our Auckland Harbour at the moment. And I think yachting is a great strategy because a yacht doesn't set sail to the goal. A yacht sets sail to the right and then it sets sails to the left as it moves towards the goal. And I think that's life. Life is there's a goal and you may not always understand where it is or how it manifests itself, but it's about moving to get to that goal. And the value of hindsight mm-hmm. is a wonderful thing. And I've got a very good friend called Mandy Beverly, and she says that um, at any point in time, there's positives and negatives to take out of every situation. And what is the learning that has come from that situation that can then scaffold you onto the next? Don't know if you've met her, but um, she's a very wise woman. I should listen to her advice more often, or I'm very thrilled that people do listen, isn't that? That's a wonderful thing. So thank you for that. Um, but I love that. It's just like there's a no. When you know what you want and where you want to go, sometimes you've just got to put those boundaries in place and go, you know what, we've got to figure out a way to get there. And and so it's, you know, not listening to what everybody else wants. I think that's actually a very, mm-hmm. a very smart strategy to have. Um, trust yourself. You know, trust mm-hmm. yourself. You, you have an inner voice and go with that inner voice. Cool. What do you reckon is a common myth about your profession and that you would actually like to debunk? uh, Or do we need a whole session for that? We need a whole session. Um, I've got a team that can do that. Mm. That's a big one, you know. Oh, I'll just go up and I'll get a graduate and they can do this for me. And, yeah, so many of those people have got phenomenal skills. And, yes, they've learned this by osmosis. But often it's in a particular area without an understanding of the wider impact. That teen or that youth person disappears. How many clients have come my way and gone, I had this young person and they've developed a website for me, but I don't know where they've gone anymore and I can't get into it. Or... More importantly, when that pawpaw hits the fan with your online presence and you never know when the next troll is going to come out of the woodwork. Mm. I think at that point in time, you need experience behind you. And there have been times where I've been sitting with clients and they've got, pull it down, let's just move out. And I've gone, 
let's wait, let's tighten it, let's sort it, let's. And actually in those situations, people watching how we've navigated through those instances, no fault of my clients or the content that has come out, but purely the intention of a troll, I've actually gained clients through that because they've gone, actually, if I'm in a situation like that, I want somebody like that to be dealing with it. So um, experience look for somebody who's been in the game for a long time they've learned things along the way they are stable they will be findable in a few years time when you need to find them that's brilliant advice thank you very much so Kathy what tends to push your boundaries or what does it feel like when you come up against your comfort zone how do you know you're at the edge of it I breathe. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> I, I think that um, I've being in IT, you're always on the edge because every single time you do something, you would be coming from a base of experience, but there's always something that you're not quite sure how this is going to play out or you have a predictor of how it's going to play out, but Facebook could change the rules on you or Instagram could have changed how things perform. So um, we're always on that edge of our seat. I think, Mandy, the thing that keeps me in focus is the fact that I coming back to my charity's name, it's, you know, I'm enough. And I am in a mindset of trusting where I am at the point in time and knowing that I've got the skills to be able to move through this if I need to. It's just that absolute self-belief in your, in where you are at this very point in time. Okay. So that just segues us really nicely into talking about I'm enough, I'm enough.co or .co. So tell us a little bit more about it because it's so timely and it is addressing some very big concerns at the moment. Huge. And I think Mandy, I was in position for those concerns to come my way. Um, being involved with social media um, with so many parents around me that was aware of what I was doing, I had so many parents come to me going, I wish I'd thought about you because this happened or how did I, what would you have do, what do you recommend when, because this is what I'm seeing. And so I started to become aware about some real issues taking place in the home environment with our young people. The second thing that started to raise alarm bells is as good parents, we would all total off to the evening where IT or digital was talked about. And most often parents would come out of those evenings going, you can't spend too much time online. This is a bad thing. It's your footprint for the future. With so many negative messages around this thing called social media. But the Third thing that was paramount in my headspace was the fact that as parents, I think we'd pushed away our responsibility for navigating children in that environment because they knew more about it than what we did. And we've got life skills and, and we should be coming in and underpinning them and all the experiences that we have. Well, that's my opinion. And I went off to the UK and that's my thinking space. And um, I attended a conference with 
it was a social media focused conference and the social media focused conference was really a place where they were talking about the role of the influencer and that role of the influencer I suddenly had that light bulb moment and I thought oh my word We've got all these mini influencers attempting to get their brand into that open space amongst their friends. And how have we emotionally equipped them for that? So I came back into New Zealand and um, sat with my team and we came up with this name, I'm Enough. And I'm Enough is about digital coping strategies for our loved ones and those that we care about. So um, with that concern, I started to talk to professionals. I spoke to doctors. I spoke to social workers. I spoke to counsellors. And every single one was saying that there's issues in our community is huge. They are seeing children as young as five years old suffering from anxiety of some description. One particular example was a young child hiding in a cupboard so she could be on her device. Now, what does the statistics tell us? The statistics tell us that if girls go onto this environment before they're emotionally ready to be there, they start to have a sense of a lack of belonging. And we know that sense of lack of belonging leads on to anxiety and depression. And there have been studies proven to, to prove that. Boys, when they're in an environment before they're emotionally able to deal with it and they are cyberbullied, again, it leads into that overarching place our young people in an environment where they are connected more than they've ever been, but still unconnected because they don't have that physical connection and interaction. We are possibly building one of the most connected but unconnected generations. So, all of that is why I do I'm Enough. And, and I do have a story, which is the actual moment that I decided to do it, and it related to my 13-year-old um, at that stage. And yeah. that was the moment that I went, I, as his parent, have not prepared him for this. And I think we need to be having those conversations, which is one of our hashtags, let's start the conversation. That's brilliant. And you know, along with that anxiety is also a lot of self-value and self-esteem issues. And and if our young people, if we're raising a generation of young people that their whole self-esteem is what other people think of them, then mm-hmm. they're also very insecure as well as anxious. So, um, yeah. wow, that's brilliant. You've got a really and, good and initiative actually- coming up about um, sorry, yeah, just something that my doctor actually sent me last night and he sent me an image and it was so, so, so true. So I'll try and depict it in this little area that I've, I've got in front of me. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like this is the, your life and this is, you know, this is what you perceive everyone loves in, et cetera. And then you believe your life sits in this place. However, social media is this little pie that you share about your life. Um, People don't know what's going on in the rest of your life. They only see a microscopic instance of what they want you to believe that their life is about. And often those are the highlight reels. And so we are therefore judging ourselves according to what other people are sending out as their highlight reel. And we'll never live up to that. No, no. 
And that's actually one of the causes of depression because when you've got a fantasy about how your life should be, that actually sets up the downer and the depression and things. So, mm-hmm. so it's so important. So, so you've got an initiative on the go for I'm Enough at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. The wonderful Natalie um, from Go To Girl, Natalie Cutler Welsh from Go To Girl, approached me a few months ago and she was able to initiate a driving campaign through Healing Hands. And the campaign we have is for a very specific amount of time. It ends at the end of Feb. And any money that we as a community raise through this period by that particular Healing Hands environment, Healing Hands will double. So we've set the target of about three and a half thousand New Zealand dollars for us to raise, which would possibly give us up to seven thousand dollars. And that we will use for speakers into schools to continually share this message of, you know, I'm enough and um, a call to care and let's start this conversation. Um, Down to earth conversation about how we can handle this environment in a way without actually saying it's all bad because in my work life, I know it's not all bad. There's a huge amount of good, but it's about using strategies to cope with how it's making you feel. And it's brilliant because just what you said, you know how it can be used to build brands, to build business, whereas a lot of parents only see their child online and they don't know what they're doing online and that's the scary part for a lot of parents isn't it when they don't really have that full knowledge and so because you have the knowledge of both camps so to speak Mm -hmm. you're probably able to amalgamate that a whole lot more and and it's really good I, I just think it's it's uh yeah it's definitely it's definitely timely and particularly since COVID and everyone is online, the kids are doing schoolwork online there, you know, parents are working from home. I mean, online, I read somewhere that the technology has, instead of taking, is it two years or six years to get where we are now, it took like three months or something ridiculous like that. So we're on a big trajectory that is compounding. Mm -hmm. And so to, to be there still looking after our next generation is such a very cool charity. So that's at imenough.co. Cool. Brilliant. I-M-E-N-O-U-G-H.co. And even just saying that I'm enough is such a good thing to just get into everyone's psyche too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Even the big kids out there <laughs> as well. And, and I, I think the dopamine hit is as, is as great for um, adults as it is for young people. I, I have to hold myself back sometimes, but I was walking, I was on my way to a meeting and I passed a cafe and I passed a mother at a table with probably a two-year-old. And it was a lovely setting for an engagement and an interaction between the two. And I remember when my little ones were that age and how quickly that time goes. And the mummy had bought baby a fluffy, which to people, if there's anyone out of New Zealand, it's that little frost milk that little ones like. And the little thing was having its fluffy and it was looking around and looking at the cars and its mother was sitting on her device. Mm. And I actually thought, how sad is that? You've yeah. got one two-year-old attempting to engage. 
but the mother was using this coffee as her shut-off time. And actually she'd shut off to the one person opposite her in the real world that wanted to engage with her. That's quite a, a, that's a very, um, it's a very good metaphor, isn't it? Just for, it's a very strong picture that we all have. Um, Interesting. Okay. So let's just, we'll just sort of lead the conversation back because you've got so much goodness to talk about and you've just painted a very good picture of where we're using a coffee as a shut off. So I've got that. So have there been any people or books that have been very influential in your life or, or what have you even recently been reading or listening to? Mandy, I thought it was a really good question. And to be fair, when I read, I read in something completely different, that I use reading as a form of relaxation rather than reading as a form of gaining knowledge. I was in the digital environment, I think because I've always been, I've been in it for so long, I watch people come with the light, the latest buzz and the different things that they're trying to do. And I'm not in any way, shape or form tempted to mimic what people are doing because I know that the approaches that I use, that we evolve over a period of time work. And so, um, you won't find me re- reading technology books. Um, you'll find me reading trashy novels or you'll find me reading alternative stuff that is of interest because the, of the world that we're in at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's okay, but we all love trashy novels, um, myself included, because sometimes that is my shut-off way. That's what how mm-hmm. I love to shut off um, because – Otherwise, there's so much coming at us all the time. It's actually really good advice to just read something that allows you to relax. I like that. Absolutely. And there's nothing nicer than, you know, the phone goes and it's actually the tactile of that book that's Mm. not binging at you because even if you're attempting to switch off, um, you know, it's nothing for me to have probably three, four hundred notifications on my phone a day that hit me all the time. So even if I'm in that cutoff mode, um, it's still keeping me alert. So, so how do you cope with that? How do you cope with getting all these notifications? Because a lot of us have the luxury of being able to turn them off, but this is your job. I mean, this is this is the business that you've created. So how do you cope with that? I skim a lot. I skim a lot for things that suddenly pierce me as going, I need to look at this. Um because I've not only got those notifications on my phone, you know, it's easy for me to get four or 500 emails a day. And I am trying to become better at sorting and sifting through those. Well, when you've got really good, we can ask you for the advice because that's probably one area that I need a lot of work is the inbox and my emails, that's for sure. And Mm -hmm. even though I might clear a couple of thousand out, there seems to be, they just come back in again. It's like this alien monster, isn't it? And, and actually, I don't clean them out. I just leave them there and people look at my phone who've got ADHD and they go, this would drive me mad. <laughs> but you know where to find everything, don't you? <laughs> I know where to find everything, yeah. Cool. Okay, so obviously this year, this past year, has had a lot of tough moments for a lot of people. And, um, and for you to, how has it impacted you and what do you do when times get really tough? 
Like maybe maybe your business hasn't been been as impacted as say someone else uh, because people have had to get online. But then we always have tough times in different areas. So I, I think everyone has tough times. I think for me, the toughest part of this last year has been the emotional fallout in businesses that are new to our service. Um, you know, when you have a client come along and they say, look, here's my budget. I've got a loan for this money. There's nothing coming through my business. This is the last ditch I have. That's a huge amount of responsibility. And um, I take that to heart and always attempt to deliver huge value for them that will support them through that phase. But I also know that I'm not always responsible for the outcomes because I can generate the lead or I can generate the inquiry, but also they've got a responsibility of how it gets managed at the at their end. So um, I also think that through this period, we have been... Um, it was a period where it went into when no one knew what was going on and that was a, a disenfranchised period. But post that, we have been really busy um, with, with clients across the board. And I think that it was in this last short lockdown that we've been through that I was talking to a client in a different field but also a almost parallel field and he was saying look you know when people are sitting at home that's when they think about doing what he does um and so he finds that in the lockdown periods his inquiries come up astronomically and you know I took numerous calls through the last few days from people and um you know each one got 10-15 minutes of my time Mm. even though I knew they weren't going to become a client of mine and they all walked away with a direction. So it's also about just giving a helping hand and going, right, I'll invoice the universe for that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and then you notice where, how, how it comes back yeah. to you. I love that. So if you could go back and, um, and talk to your, your younger self, what advice would you give her? I think that my younger self was a very different self. And I think that I would go and say to my younger self that, you know, popularity in a school environment, being one of the cool kids in that school environment is not, a, not an indicator of who or what you will become in your latter years. And so that probably goes back into our charity work because I believe traditionally and through the years, children and teens between the ages of 12 and some odd years go through a period of a huge amount of insecurity. And I know I went through that period with a huge amount of personal insecurity around my friend groups, et cetera. Yeah. But... At the same point in time, we've now added the spotlight of digital onto this group. So um, that's what I'd go back and say to my younger self. Don't worry, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> such great advice as well. 
The question I'm really enjoying asking everybody at the moment is if you could have dinner with three people alive or dead, who would it be and why would you choose them? My uh, last guest wanted more than three, so you're allowed more than three, but... Hmm. Um, I think the first one would be, and I went backwards and forwards on this, and I thought someone like Nelson Mandela, I think he would have a huge amount, and that sounds really cliche because I come out of the South African context, but I think he was a very wise man, and you look at some of his sayings and his approach and how he came uh, came to be, you know, who he was and how he had to sometimes put some of his personal feelings aside in terms of uniting a nation, and I think that's a, a very valuable lesson to us. Um the second person would be someone like Elon Musk. Because mm. I think that he has a very different perspective on the world. Um, I, I see him as more down to earth than many of those others. But he's also not afraid to have his say. So... Um, there was a little bit about Richard Branson, do I go that way? But I think that you and I have had this chat before and I said Richard Branson at that stage, but today I'm going to say Elon Musk. Great. And anybody else or just going to keep those two close? No, my third was um, I'd love to have dinner with my dad. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, just see how he's doing wherever he's flying. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Now, just before we go, what advice would you give my listeners about being seen, being, being found, being heard online? What advice would you, would you give them? So I know that you've peppered this whole interview with a lot of really very good advice, but any last remarks before you go? I think that in the online world, I think that the best thing that you can give yourself is an understanding of the accountancy of your digital dashboard because those facts and that dashboard and those figures are a really good indicator of where you need to spend your time. So that could be an indication of how you're ranking for your keywords, and not everyone will have access to that. But there's huge opportunities sitting in some of those consoles where you can see how people have reached your website on search terms. Um, The things such as your bounce-out rate, why they're doing that. So those are just three things. There's a huge amount of statistics and, and value through those dashboards. But I'd be... I always return to my dashboard to understand what we've done to make sure that we're not repeating some of those things and making some positive change. That's actually really good. So it's almost like coming back to the foundation of who you are, where you are, because we've all got a dashboard if you want, even mm-hmm. in, in our lives, we've got mm-hmm. a dashboard that we just need to check in with ourselves again and just yeah. and make sure that we're, we're just checking in on the details of things because sometimes we can be out there being busy or whatever. Yeah. Cool. So, and, and, and Mandy, to answer that, you know, I was I was meeting with a new client this week, and um, he had a gut feel that there were some things that he shouldn't be actioning straight away. And my first response was, "Well, let's go and have a look." And we spent it was a good amount of time because there was a lot to check. 
But out of the facts and the figures and the numbers and the percentages and the keywords and the rankings and all the things that we looked at, the way forward for him was reasonably clear. And he suddenly had a way of making decisions. Brilliant. That is so important. That's really important. Might I add that previous few service providers haven't discussed. Yes, you may. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what experience gives you, you know, that ability to actually dial down on the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. and the detail. It's really important. So, Kathy, before I end, I think that's what the other thing is also look at the person sharing the information or trying to take you along the path for the service. Um, So often these organizations, once they get past a certain size, have got this pumped up sales force that will sell, um, sell ice to an Eskimo. And is that the person that's going to be doing the work or is that person going to disappear into never, never, and you'll never see them again and then reality strikes. So I think that's another parting tip. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Kathy. So Kathy Millett from netbranding.co.nz, tell me what is most remarkable about what you do and who you are. Now, a lot of my guests don't necessarily like this question, but I want to do it because I want to ask this because I want women to really own who they are and all the, you know, what they have to offer in the world. So I, the only thing that comes to mind is two, uh, four words. I am what I am. Four words. Yep. And mm. I... I'm comfortable to speak my mind if I believe the situation is worthy of it. I am fine to stand in my truth, even if people disagree with it, because we're all entitled to our own opinion. I am open to any discussion, even if we might not agree. But I think that's the role of an adult to go, we'll agree to disagree on this one. Um, And I follow my gut because I have a strong belief that that gut has come from somewhere and I'm going to trust the source. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me on Remarkable Woman Radio today. It's been my pleasure to have you here and we look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks, Mandy, and thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, good luck with everything you're doing as well. And so, and, and also for you with the I'm Enough, for that initiative that's coming up, and we'll make sure that all the details go out with us as well. And um, all the best. It's a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant platform. So that is I'm Enough.co. Go check it out. See you awesome. later. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you for listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. For more episodes and more details of today's show, please go to remarkablemindset.com. Let me ask you, what makes you remarkable?